is Ken Levine, the creative director at 2K Boston, and you're listening to the Anti-Gamers Podcast. This is Anti-Gamers Podcast number 15 for Tuesday, May 12th, 2009, and we are podcasting from the pantheon of World Warriors. Tonight, we will be talking about the 2009 Xbox 360 game, Street Fighter 4. Welcome to the Anti-Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Minto, also known as Vampvo, and my special guest today is podcaster, anime and video game voice actor, and geek extraordinaire, Kyle Hebert. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Hey, thanks for having me, Evan. It's a real pleasure to be here. So, how about you do a quick little introduction before we get into our discussion? Okay. Well, as Evan introduced me, I am a uh, voice actor for anime and video games, most notably Dragon Ball Z as the narrator. <laughs> I uh, voice Kiba on Naruto, Aizen on Bleach, uh, and most uh, recently, Ryu on Street Fighter Four. Hence our discussion topic. Uh, and also, before we get into our discussion, I'd like to uh, bring up a contest that we recently did on Annie Gamers, and it just finished up, actually... Probably about a half hour ago when I wrote the the post for it. It was our giveaway of Schoolgirl Milky Crisis, which we, we had a giveaway here on the podcast, but we actually didn't have any entries for it. Um, so I'm going to give away the three copies of the, of the book to the winners from the blog. And I'm just going to read off those winners. The, the contest, for those of you who are unaware, the, the blog version of the contest was to write a crazy name for an anime similar to Schoolgirl Milky Crisis, which is a, a fictional name used to anonymously refer to, to anime series. So the winner is Homicidal Group Therapist Kayla from Reader Brian. The second, uh, second place winner is Vampire Moon Priestess's Mecha Combat, the miniseries from Kevin. And the third place winner is Kinky Hamster Demon Fujala from Peter. And with that, we are going to get into our What You've Been Doing segment. I guess I will start so you have, so uh, Kyle has an idea what we usually do with this. In terms of manga, I've been reading Metropolis, which is, uh, it's early, early Osamu Tezuka, who, for those of you who don't know, is the creator of Astro Boy. So it's a manga from the 1950s, it's one volume, it's pre-Astro Boy, and it's sort of really silly most of the time. Most people will know it for the 2001 anime based on it, which was uh, very different, much more dark. But reading the original manga, which I don't think is actually that good, and actually it's one of Tezuka's least favorite works, uh, it's, it's an interesting way of uh, transitioning into watching the movie, because the movie changes a lot of things, so you get to sort of compare and contrast the two. And on that note, I actually just watched the Metropolis anime, which was really, really awesome. M much better than the manga, but I, th I think you sort of need to read both to, to really understand them. It, it adds things like uh, a character called Rock Holmes, who is a recurring Tezuka character, and he's sort of begins as a hero, and then throughout Tezuka's stories, he becomes a villain in his 
different roles. And uh, I highly recommend the Metropolis anime, and even though the manga I don't think is that good, I would recommend people read it before watching the anime, because it gives a very interesting perspective on it. And what I've been playing is mostly Street Fighter for the review, so I can't really talk about that very much. How about you, Kyle? Uh, Anime-wise, I've been kind of out of the loop, I'll be honest. I'm just so busy with my schedule, I'm a single dad, I'm... You know, running rampant all over the uh, the place. You know, keeping up with uh, my voice acting gigs and uh, the last anime that I only saw just a few episodes of was like last year, and it was Death Note. And I really liked mm. what I saw, and I really wish I could uh, could finish that series out because uh, it's got a lot of buzz to it. But I can talk about uh, something that the fans have uh, witnessed on a late night Adult Swim. Bleach is uh, out of the filler arc and onto the uh, Arankar arc, and that is the return of my character, Sosuke Aizen, who is, uh, spoiler alert, the bad guy. <laughs> so uh, that is, is back on Adult Swim. A lot of fans are very, very happy about that. I am too. Unfortunately, I'm so behind on watching Bleach that I would be lost. <laughs> I, all I see is literally what I dub, and that is true of any voice actor. You tend to... Mm. To get them in there, they, they see the script in the episode for the first time, and all you truly see are the scenes in which your characters appear, because time is money. Yeah. But um, video game-wise, I, uh, I, I get endless replay value out of Left 4 Dead, because, uh, hey, it's just fun to kill zombies, man. And um, Halo 3, uh, again, it's got the Mythic Map Pack on there. And uh, handheld-wise, I have totally abandoned DS and PSP because I'm <laughs> iPhone junkie. I uh, have been playing Wolfenstein on iPhone, uh, Galaga Remix. Can you tell I'm an, an old-school fan? <laughs> and then um, I did just download this, and I'm, I haven't played it yet, but it's Resident Evil Degeneration for the iPhone. Oh, um, like based on the, uh, the animated movie, right? Exactly. So you're in, kind of investigating around the airport. See, uh, set and uh, and all that sort of thing. So you know, it's all touchscreen. Obviously, the whole iPhone and accelerometer uh, being used. That so I'm I'm anxious to try that one out, but I haven't just yet. So um, that's kind of what I've been doing in uh, the the geeky world of uh, anime and games. Well, I'm I'm actually wondering about the the iPhone. Um, I I don't have an iPhone. I haven't really played any games on it, but there was a lot of buzz about it recently at the game developers conference and stuff. So like. You said that you gave up on the PSP and DS. Why exactly are you personally attracted to the iPhone as a gaming console? Well, for one thing, now I'll give you this. PSP, I think, still has the best graphics, bar none, in terms of a handheld mm -hmm. system. Uh, DS has endless playability with just fun games, games that anyone can pick up. They're not exactly pretty to look at, but they're fun to play. But what I was looking for was a device that I could just have everything all in one. My phone, my radio, all my right. CDs, my favorite podcast, all these different apps. And then I just started downloading games because they're, they're cheap. Mm. You know, they range from like 99 cents to uh, Resident Evil was like $6. And, you know, think about that. We're in this day and age where next yeah. generation games cost $50, $60 a pop. So, wow, paying $6 or $10 for an iPhone app? For a, for a game, you know, it it suddenly is very very appealing. So I've I've gone nuts with you know some of the old school games and even basic games like tennis or darts or checkers or bowling. I I've just like being able to have all of that stuff 
compiled into one gadget so that when I go travel the country and go to anime conventions and I'm sitting there <laughs> wasting hours on a plane, I don't have to I don't have to dig through my backpack and pull out gadget after gadget after gadget or or you know uh, games that are like, oh, I, I want to play this, but this is on PSP, or this one's on DS, and this one's over here. I can just have my one phone, the iPhone, and have all of the all of the time killing heaven right there in my hands. Yeah, that's interesting. That that could be the direction that the the game industry is going in towards sort of integrating itself with other media. Because the iPhone, you know, you, you like you said, you've got music, you've got, I mean, TV, movies, and games all in one. It's no longer segmented. Right, and I think DS doesn't have anything to worry about as far as the you know the the younger market because <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like it's the best selling console ever. Right, right, exactly. And PSP, they've got a bit of an uphill battle. They're trying mm. to uh, abandon the UMD format, which everyone knows totally <laughs> bombed, and they're probably you know they're they're testing the waters with Patapon Two, which is going to be download only. Right. And uh, they're just going to see if this download generation is, is going to be like, yeah, yeah, I want our games this way. I want, uh, or the whole um, on live concept where it doesn't matter yeah. how old your video graphics card is. It, it's just about bandwidth. It'll be an interesting experiment. I'm, I'm anxious to see if you can play a game like Crisis and have it look awesome. And yet you're, you're playing it on a 10-year-old laptop or something, for example. Mm, yeah, well, one of the points that... Um Jonathan Clements from that that book Schoolgirl Milky Crisis makes is uh, in one of his essays he talks about the new format is no format and that's sort of what's going on with games that it's becoming downloadable that that the difference between DVD and UMD and you know a DS cartridge is no longer going to be existing because it's all just going to be downloaded yeah um, we're becoming a nation of on-demand and mobility. We want things on our phones. If, if you're old enough to have a phone or whatnot and you're out there and you're doing you know, productivity things, you're, you're, your phone is everything now. It's all your contacts. It's all your important uh, email. But now it's a gaming device. I mean, that's the big booming thing right now is iPhone developers. God, I wish I knew programming. <laughs> I mean, those guys are making bank. I mean, the yeah. dude who invented the pull my finger app made forty thousand dollars <laughs> in three days, just selling a little fart app for ninety nine cents a pop, and he just you know laughs to the bank. It's like, well, man, I wish I could develop an iPhone app and put it out there. And I mean, granted, there's a lot of crap apps out there, but it, it's it's a new frontier, and uh, I, I'm wondering if Sony and Nintendo are kind of going, hmm. My gosh, I don't know. Maybe we should start developing stuff for the iPhone. Get a slice of the pie. I can feel it coming over me. I feel it all around me. I've been waiting for this moment. Welcome back. The game we will be discussing today is Street Fighter 4. It is created by Capcom. 
on the Xbox 360, at least that's the version we're playing, and it was, as I understand, designed for both arcade and Xbox 360. So, I mean, what are your general impressions of the game? I know you've been playing a lot of it, Kyle. I have, for completely selfish reasons, man, because <laughs> I, I have played Street Fighter in the past, and to be honest, it hasn't really stuck to me that much because I suck at it. I'm a gamer, but I'm I, a casual gamer. I am so behind you. I, like, I am not good at Street Fighter, as I found after playing Street Fighter 4. And what the hardcore gamers will all tell you is that the Xbox controller is is terrible because you really need the arcade stick to pull off, you know, the big combos and everything. And I'm finding that to be the case. And the only problem is I don't have $150 <laughs> just lying around that I want to spend on a friggin' controller. Yeah, for one game, really. What else are you going to use it for? Well, exactly. What else could you use it for? I mean, maybe Marvel vs. Capcom HD on mm. uh, Xbox Live Arcade? I don't know. Uh, but yeah. that's uh, probably about it. So the, the gamers have said the PS3 controller is a little bit better for pulling off the moves, but um, I, I went with the Xbox 360 version because all of my friends are on Xbox Live. The Xbox Live mm. experience, Microsoft has cornered that market and uh, you know, PS3 and and even Nintendo is as, as great selling as the Wii is. They're totally behind the times as far as playing people online goes. Yeah, it, it's true. I mean, people when you have to choose an online game between 360 and PS3, I mean, there is no question there. Right, right. So I've played very little. I used to play a little bit of Street Fighter in the arcade, and all I did was button mash. And the thing with Street Fighter Same is you can't, you, yeah, you can't button mash and expect to win. I, I always loved Soul Calibur because I could button mash and win. I could actually hold my own for at least half the time. That's one of the few games that I've actually beaten arcade mode. And, like, I, I, I was triumphant running around the house. But I found that Street Fighter is definitely a difficult game to master. Now, yeah, there are combos. But when you are a person who has to... Sit there and look at the manual constantly. Remember, up, yeah. up, down, down, left, left, right, right, and then try to remember all those moves. It confuses you, and then you lose the friggin' game. And that's happened to me so many times, so many times. But I've tried to master at least one character, and that would character would be Ryu. Why <laughs> Ryu? Because I'm totally self-serving here. It's, <laughs> it's because I voice him, you know? And it's like, I want to be able to play as my character, damn it. Yeah, I, I have not actually picked a particular character. I do like M. Bison a lot, mostly because anybody with a slide kick is 100% uh, awesome, in my uh, in my opinion, because I can just slide kick people and knock them down, and then slide kick them and knock them down. And I like Blanca, just because you can shock. Yeah. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> when in doubt, just electrocute, you know? And then, you know, obviously Chun-Li's got a great, you know, kick mm. thing going on, and... Um, I would love to be able to handle Sea Viper because she's actually pretty cool. Oh, I, I like her. She's she's like up there with M Bison because she's she's got a lot of very cool moves. She like electrocutes people and does flame kicks and things. All sorts of cool moves. Problem is that when you pause the screen and look at those moves, they look like ancient hieroglyphics. It's like wow, I can't make heads or tails of this. <laughs> And I don't want to sit there and spend three hours trying to memorize some moves. You know, I've got down uh, Hadoken and Shuryoken, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I was not having as much trouble with with either remembering or pulling off the moves. What I had trouble with with the game was just the the difficulty of the the enemies of the CPUs. 
because uh, I actually don't have Xbox Live Gold, so I haven't played it in. Uh, I haven't. I haven't played it online yet, and I have played it with some human players, and it's much better like that because playing against those computers is really dumb. I am so bad at Street Fighter that I have trouble beating them sometimes on easiest mode. Yeah, and this is the thing when you're when you're trying to go through, you know, arcade mode, and you're trying to unlock characters. I'm thinking, okay, well, here's the thing. You set it on easiest, you do one round, uh, and then bam, it'll be easy. But wait till you get to, like, for example, Chun-Li. Like, if you want to unlock, um, if you're using C-Viper and you're trying to unlock uh, Cammy, you got to use C-Viper, beat arcade mode. You get all the way to Chun-Li and you think, all right, all right, I can handle this. And then, no, that's not it. Along comes that bastard. The bastard who shall not be named. Uh, what is it, Seth? Seth, which is not really a very threatening name. Not I mean, a threatening name, but my God. I mean, yeah. every five seconds, he's sucking you into that black hole in his stomach and then <laughs> spitting you out. It's like, I dude. hate Seth. Yes, as many gamers I, call it, they say, Seth is a bitch. I, I can't tell you how many times I threw my controller playing against Seth. I've come really close, man, and I've really come really close to throwing that controller straight at my TV, and that's not good because it's a 46-inch you know, LCD <laughs> HD TV and $3,000. I don't think that would be worth breaking. <laughs> uh, so let, let's talk about the story because I really, really love the excuse for a story that they have in this game. Wait, th- wait, there's a, there's a story? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I thought they all just get together and fight. I am better. I am better than you. I will crush you. I am best. <laughs> well, that's what I love about it, though. The, it, it is so ridiculous. It's like the, when you play arcade mode, you have a cutscene, a bunch of unrelated fights, and then a cutscene. And that's your plot. Yeah, now, I know that there's, you know, a, a comic book series out there dedicated to Street Fighter. Maybe that <laughs> explains things. Maybe the Blu-ray movie explains things, or, or, the, or the movie that came with the just regular Xbox version. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Actually, did you do any uh, voice work for, the, for any of the related stuff for the game? Uh, apparently, I did. <laughs> I talked to the Capcom <laughs> guy after the fact, and uh, I said, wait a minute, you guys are including a, a movie with this? Did we already dub that? So, yeah, yeah you already <laughs> dubbed your stuff when you dubbed the game. Like, oh, uh, okay. News to huh. me. So, <laughs> yeah, it was like a wild new world. I, I have not seen the anime uh, movie yet. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if I missed something, because there are a lot of uh, those, those win quotes that people have, that the, the characters have after they win. Those will often reference people, and I don't know who they're talking about. Like, they'll just call someone him, and it's like, who's him? You know, I, I haven't watched any movie in here yet that explains that. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen people, I've, I've talked to them like on Twitter and stuff, they go, you know what, I'm actually interested, what the hell is going on in Street Fighter? <laughs> like, uh, I couldn't begin to tell you, man, I just know it's big, beefy, martial arts, kick-ass and things going on. Yeah, my, my two favorite uh, stories are El Fuerte joins the tournament to find out what great fighters eat, and then um, Dalsim, I think that's how you say his name, the Indian guy, Mm-hmm. joins the tournament to bring water back to his village, which has a drought. 
It's like, what? You're, jo- you're joining a tournament so you can punch people until you get your water back? I, I crack up because actually Dalsim is someone I like playing with because he's like Mr. Fantastic. You can yeah. just sit there and gun your leg or your arm all the way across the screen yeah. and stay a safe distance away. But I experience a dynamic that I doubt any other fan does, and that is that I am envisioning the friggin' voice actor because I know it's right. Chris Bevins who is a director and voice actor for Funimation in Texas. And when I play Dalsim, all I see is Chris Bevins. And I know Chris, <laughs> and he's like, I'm just cracking up left and right. So when you play as Ryu, do you imagine yourself punching people? No, no, I, I really don't because, man, I don't want to shatter the illusion. Uh, <laughs> voice actors don't look like their animated counterparts, just in case anyone is wondering. It's like, oh, Ryu, he's so studly. Like, yeah, well, uh, me, not so much. Um, hmm. But uh, I like going around doing you know parody versions of the lines like, the answer lies in the heart of battle. I just changed that to, the answer lies in my pants. <laughs> and I laugh because like ah, Ryu has hobbit feet you know all sorts of fun stuff what I really thought was funny is uh, just how many anime voice actors are in this game I mean there's you there's uh, out of people I recognize Michelle Ruff uh, Laura Bailey Chris Bevins like you mentioned Michael McConaughey and Taliesin Jaffe who's also the voice director right yeah yeah uh, Travis Willingham uh, mm. you've got Ruben Langdon who was um Dante and Devil May Cry, and uh, he voices Ken. And um, yeah, I mean it's um, it's kind of a smorgasbord of, of anime peeps in there. Yeah, and actually, we didn't. I don't think we established this earlier for people who haven't played the game, but all of the cutscenes are animated by Studio Four Degrees C, and so essentially, it's like watching an anime because it's a Four Degrees C animated video with anime voice actors in it. And I'd like to apologize to all the fans who goes, wow, you guys can't dub for crap because it doesn't sync up. Here's the problem. All of that animated stuff was being animated at the time that we were recording it. We had nothing to go by except raw Japanese audio tracks that we would try to match for timing. And then maybe we saw like a rough animatic or something. So we had no lip sync to watch while we were recording this. All we had to do was just hope for the best and... I hear it's pretty hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, the way the um, the voice acting process works, just, you know, for an explanation for people, is uh, it, they'll have that animatic, and then they'll do the final animation based on how the Japanese voice actors spoke. So they don't really have a consideration for you guys and how you speak, right? Am I interpreting no, we're, that correctly? We're, we're definitely an afterthought, because, yeah, yeah when we when we dub these... Japanese video games and, and bring them to America, very rarely does the lip flaps match up. They're just in there going, bah, 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 and we're saying like things that go, thank you. And then the mouth's still going, bah, 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 bah. it's like, yeah, wow. actually, I, I have a question about that for the, uh, the actual video game portion. The, the lip sync is uh, pretty off, also. Is that because you guys? didn't have the final version for that? Like, what's the reason exactly. for that? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, same thing. When you do a fight game, I have seen this consistent through every fighting game I've been on. We have no visuals to go on. Mm. Occasionally, there will be a cutscene that we try as best we can to, to match lip sync, but nine times out of ten, that stuff is not animated to the point to where we can do it. So all we have to go on, literally, is the Japanese audio. And in that case, we are expected to... Uh, 
make the English version match the length, the timing, either mm. exactly or uh, a little bit faster, preferably faster. Why, why faster exactly? Uh, something about the animated uh, thing. They're just very stringent about that. They don't want it, the file to be longer in English than it is in Japanese. And I'm sure it's, a, it's probably just a technical reason. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, because they, they wouldn't have space if all of the English lines were longer. Right. Now, the ironic thing is, uh, as far as anime is concerned, the Japanese folks actually record as an ensemble. Uh, English mm. dubs, actors record individually. Same with video games, one actor at a time. And most anime is actually dubbed in Japanese as well, except they're dubbed as a cast, kind of like a radio play. And you'll notice, if you watch things in Japanese, that it rarely matches lip sync. Mm. Uh, I'm talking anime, though. Now, maybe video games, they do a little bit better job, but I've, uh, as far because there's such a, a tight correlation there, and as the shift in anime, you know, the, the downswing of anime, and, and it's kind of, you know, it's on its last legs, you know, basically thanks to piracy and, and, and everything, everyone in the anime industry is, is, is kind of jumping off that sinking ship and going over to the gaming industry, which is booming right now, despite a crappy economy. Right. So, oh yeah, I, I just uh, in my notes here, the on the on the topic of the difficulty from before, playing against the computers, like I would describe it as it, it feels like fighting that that ten year old cousin of yours that keeps doing the same attack on you and he keeps beating you even though you know that he's not good at it. Yep. That, and that is exactly what I would do when I button mash on Soul Calibur. I would find a move, and I would just repeat it. And everyone that I play against on Street Fighter Four knows that. It's like, wow, you just shuriokin, 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 shuriokin. It's like, yeah, because I know how to do it. Yeah, and just playing against computer opponents who do that is is just so annoying. Like uh, Sagat, he he's just like, fireball, fireball, fireball. And the reason I played is M. Bison was because every time I played against M. Bison, he would keep using that slide kick. And I was like, you know what? This time, I'm going to be M. Bison, and I'm going to use that slide kick. <laughs> I, I have, I've played a lot of people online on Xbox Live with, with Street Fighter Four because, you know, I, I, I kind of put it out there that it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge fans, but don't expect right. me to win because I suck. <laughs> So if you wanna you wanna beat kick Ryu's butt, then sign on and throw me an invite. And uh, unfortunately, when I sign on Xbox Live, I get tons of invites from all these random people. I have no idea who they are, <laughs> and uh, I'll just randomly like select one, play with it for a few minutes, and chat with them on the headset and everything. And and they're like, "Hey, do the voice, do the voice!" And you know they're showing <laughs> off to their friends while we're sitting here playing, and they're just handing my ass to me. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, thanks for playing. All right, next round. All right, maybe I should uh, learn one of these moves sometime. And then I, then I play other people who live, breathe, and sleep Street Fighter, and they know way too much about the game. And they're sitting there explaining in, in graphic detail about what I need to be doing, when I need to be doing it, <laughs> and everything. <laughs> and I was like, ha, nerd. <laughs> but hey, I'm the pot calling the kettle black man i'm a nerd too and i wear that badge very proudly i'm just a really crappy gamer <laughs> but you can love games and be bad at them that's sort of my problem most of the time oh and i do my friend i do the one thing i hate about xbox live is all the smack talk from 
in particular, like preteen boys, you get a lot mm. of that. And uh, if you're just playing random people, you're going to just want to slit your wrist, basically. But if you can get a good group of friends, people that you trust, that like, that aren't competitive or, or on, the, on the same page as you, let me, let me clarify that. I am not a competitive guy. I sign on to Xbox Live because I want to have fun with friends and, and just, you know, enjoy that aspect of social gaming. You know, I can right. have a great time with Street Fighter 4. I think, I think it's a lot of fun, even though I suck at it. And, and I think part of that is it looks really good, which we haven't mentioned yet. I mean, graphically, it is a very pretty fighting game. I think it and is the most polished of all the Street Fighter games. Now, you, you see that divide with some of the old schoolers who are like, 2D for the win, you know, screw 3D. It's like, this is a good a hybrid, actually. And uh, it, it runs really, really smoothly. I, I've seen, like, the demo on PS3. It looks exactly the same to me. I mean, mm. but... Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful game, and I, I think the sound design's right there. You know, uh, I can't get that stupid indestructible song out of my head, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and the people who complain about not liking the 3D, at least it's, it's still very cartoony, it's very over-the-top, it, you know, it's still f it feels like you're playing a 2D game, even though it's in 3D, which just makes it look prettier, really. Yeah. Especially when you pull off those ultimate combos there and you see yeah. the character's eyes bug out of their head. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. That's something. So uh, do we have any final comments on Street Fighter Four? Final comments. I guess just to summarize, I think it's a fantastic game, especially if you've got a good group of friends with you. They, they want to show off their moves. That's great and everything. But even if you suck at it, you're still going to have a good time with it because I think, you know, they've got it spelled out pretty plainly in the manual. And if you look online and everything, it's like, all right, this plus this equals this. You just do a little bit of, little bit of homework, get some moves down, you know, maybe master one character at a time. Just focus on that for a week or two. Maybe, maybe move on to another character. Um, you're going to see lots and lots of replay value out of this. I think it's a fantastic game, and I'm not just saying that because I voiced Ryu. And um, I think my final comment will just be, uh, fists will fly at this location. And with that, let's have the break. <laughs> Here at the Fight Bait Anime Podcast, we strive to bring you a different type of anime review. The only other... Shows I've seen where girls pilot robots, they're, they're naked when they do it. Making sure to touch on the high points of the shows we cover. The Chain Patriot backdropped a snake. And also the low points. Incognito is probably one of the worst anime character designs I've ever seen in my entire life. We also have game coverage. If you haven't played Super Mario World, get the f*** off of my podcast. Poor geographical knowledge. Dude, Hong Kong is like the capital of Japan, isn't it? And the infamous Whiskey Thursday. The moral of the story here is... When you have a problem, you only need to find the right drink. So come check out the Fightbait Anime Podcast at www.fightbait.com. You can also find it in the iTunes Music Store. Fightbait Anime. It's like the pie. You know, I don't know how it's like the pie. I was trying to do a metaphor there and I failed. Because what the world needed was another anime podcast. And welcome back. We are going to get into our links of the day now. Uh, how about you start, Kyle? All right. Well, one of my sites that I go to that I really get a kick out of and a good laugh is toplessrobot.com. 
And uh, basically, it is a really geeky site. It, it's, it's given towards commentary on everything from sci-fi to anime to manga to just geeky stuff. I mean, comic books. It, it has a lot of comic book commentary. Uh, lately, of course, the big Star Trek film from J.J. Abrams, which is fan friggin' tastic, by the way. I haven't been this excited at a Star Trek movie since Wrath of Khan in 1982. Boy, that's, that's dating myself because I actually saw it in the theater. But if you see Star Trek, go see it in IMAX. Not a fake IMAX, a real IMAX. Be careful out there, because IMAXs license their name to smaller theater chains, and the screen is not as big as a real IMAX should be. So careful out there. But if you can see Star Trek in IMAX, do so. Fantastic reboot. But anyway, you see such wonderful articles, and just just, just a real cynical sort of... Uh, a humor, a sense of humor out there that that's that's just kind of just thumbing their nose at some of the the stupidity of Hollywood and this that and the other. But I found this particular article really interesting. There is a scene. This is not spoilerific or anything. Uh, there's a scene, and you've seen this in the trailer. James T. Kirk as a preteen driving a car in the desert. All right. You get to the scene in the movie and he's cranking up Beastie Boys sabotage. And a lot of fanboys are going, oh, that's stupid. Why would he be listening to Beastie Boys? First of all, it's the distant future. They're not listening to this stuff. But what it is, and this article uh, pinpointed this out, is that William Shatner, being Canadian, likes to uh, pronounce certain words a certain way. And he says, sabotage. Not sabotage. He's a sabotage. And they have a link to YouTube where they take a, a, an excerpt from him doing some voiceover, and he says, sabotage. And you can hear the director in the background saying, could you re-say that and say sabotage? And then <laughs> Shatner goes, I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. I say sabotage. <laughs> it's like, well, excuse me. <laughs> so there you go. It's a little wink and a nod to uh, sabotage. From, uh, wow, uh, that's Shatner. pretty funny. <laughs> and th there's just awesome so, little bits of trivia here, there, and just, again, a, an awesome sense of humor, really twisted. So I, I highly recommend that you guys add and bookmark toplessrobot.com. Uh, and the link specifically to that, um, to that article is tinyurl.com slash O7M. E R Z. And that O at the beginning is the letter. God bless tiny URL. Yeah, I know. As for my link of the day, uh, I, I like to pull my, my links often from a website called japanator.com, and I, I've got a couple friends who blog on there. This, uh, they just post silly things from Japan, and I mean, a lot of times they're, they're mostly an anime blog, but they also just do a lot of weird. Japanese offbeat information and stuff. So, um, this one is called Japanese Man Takes the Masturbating World Record at 9 hours and 58 minutes. Wow. <laughs> I, I just want to read the first few sentences of this article. Masanobu Sato did Japan proud at last week's Masturbate-a-thon held in San Francisco on Saturday. He whacked away his old record of 9 hours and 33 minutes with a new one, 25 minutes longer. So, um, I, you just have to read this article. It, it's just, this, it, it is just describing this man's, um, 
fight for his uh, for his world record of masturbation. And it's just, uh, you know, Japan. They're crazy. Dare I ask, did he complete the act at the end of all those hours? I believe so. I, I think that's what the contest is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> those wacky Japanese. Wacky? Yes, those, or whacking. <laughs> yes, those whacking. So that's a it. It's a just a ridiculous article, and actually, one one of the commenters had probably the best comment. Competitive masturbation must be really hard. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my! So the the link to that is tinyurl.com slash o like the letter. Z D Z O like the letter V. Uh and so that just about concludes the episode. Is uh there anything going on at the big bald broadcast or, or anything else with you, Kyle? Well, um here lately we uh took on a third uh a third member to our team. His name is Mark Swent, lives in Philadelphia. And uh, he designed our brand-new website, thebigballbroadcast.com, and got us set up there. And actually, we've got a brand-new layout that uh, my regular co-host, Otherworld Steve, just implemented that um, gets you everything you need. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's just a really cool interface. I, I hope everyone has a chance to check out all the geeky news that you can use. We cover video games, movies, anime, cartoons, uh, comic books, uh, just a little bit of everything, technology, just geek culture in general, and we, we cover that. We've got 106 episodes in the can. We've got 107 will be posted probably by the time you guys hear this podcast. And, yeah, we're um, on episode 15. These guys are far beyond us. Yeah, we've been going at it for like three and a half years. <laughs> but uh, here lately, thanks to Mark and everything, we, we're able to now stream live when we record our show. We stream live on StickCam every Friday night, or at least we try to, at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. That's every Friday night. You guys can log into our site at thebigballbroadcast.com and, and, uh, and uh, kick on the, uh, click on the Stickham logo there, and you can join the chat room, or you can just hit play and just listen to the show as it's being recorded. And then we'll do some post-production and post it and then make it all downloadable about a week after the fact. But uh, we're doing that sort of thing. We're also hoping to get on the bandwagon to actually podcast live from anime conventions. So if anyone listening to this podcast is a a staffer of uh, any anime convention, um, check us out, thebigballbroadcast.com. We would love to be able to, uh, you know, I'd love to be a guest and uh, represent the anime industry, of course, for the con, but I think it'd be great if we brought out uh, Steve and Mark and we actually had a, a live streaming show on StickCam from the con itself and promote the, the con itself. So that's some of the exciting things that uh, we're hoping that 2009, 2010 will, will bring us as we expand our audience and uh, on the on the World Wide Web. And then other than that, uh, I just want to plug uh, some appearances. I'm actually going to be in uh, Durham, North Carolina, May 22nd through 24th at Animazement, and uh, May 29th through 31st in Dallas, Texas at Acon, and then uh, Anime Next, June 12th yeah, through I, 14th. I will most likely be there also. Well, so, Evan, uh, you got to come up. Come up to one of my panels and introduce yourself. Yeah, 
where I've ac I've actually hit up the the staff at Anime Next saying, "Hey, would it be possible we can uh, can we do a podcast?" I was, uh, I was just gonna say you should talk to. Them. Yeah, and Mark's gonna be there too, and uh, we're hopefully gonna be able to at least, if not stream live, at least record the podcast. I'm also gonna be doing the podcast and and at least uh, record it at Acon and Anime Next. We'll mm. hopefully try to grab you know a voice actor or two and or maybe a staffer from the con and have them as guests, and of course interact with the audience, take questions from the audience, and really make it a, a whole interactive experience. So that's kind of the plug there. KyleAbear.com is uh, where you can find all the latest uh, con appearance listings, and uh, everything else is right there at TheBigBaldBroadcast.com. As for me, things going on at Annie Gamers, which in case you don't know, that, that's our website, because we actually have a blog for those listeners who may only listen to our podcast. Uh, we are doing a, uh, a column series written by our columnist, Inc. It's called Full Metal Alchemist, The Brotherhood Diaries, and he's going through episode by episode of the new Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood series and describing the differences between the original Full Metal Alchemist and the new series. And so he's going very in-depth into how the, how the story has changed, how the characters are presented differently, uh, and it's, it's very, very interesting. I actually am not... I haven't even seen all of Full Metal Alchemist one, but just editing the articles and uh, and putting them up, it's been a very interesting ride so far. He's got a lot of very cool things to say, so check that out. That's at AnnieGamers.com. Full Metal Alchemist: The Brotherhood Diaries, it's called. That is all we've got. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more, visit us at podcast.anniegamers.com for show notes and links, or subscribe to our RSS feed at feeds2.feedburner.com slash anniegamerspodcast. We're in the iTunes store, too, so go ahead and leave us a five-star review right now, please. Uh, we, we also love getting feedback, so uh, feel free to send us an email at podcast.anniegamers.com. Finally, I mentioned it before, check out our main blog, AnnieGamers.com, for news, reviews, and more about your favorite anime, manga, and video games. That's it. Good night. Hey, thanks, Evan, for having me on the show. I appreciate hanging out and talking geek stuff. And um, you guys, thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Thanks.